right. And we're live. Welcome back. It's been a minute. I'm Carson Bailey. Has it really been a minute? It has been several minutes since it's you've been It's been here. a minute for me. It has not been a minute for y'all, Crystal and Carson. It's still been a little while. Like a week or two. That's pretty back. good. Look at us being consistent. That's what I'm saying. But like, we got pandemic numbers. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay, so this episode is brought to you by Rum, Vodka, and Peach Schnapps. Because that's what we've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's just get right into it. All right, so let's talk about the bitch that hasn't been here in a while. Hey girl, I, I don't mean the small like, shots, small shots. Not it's okay, really, y'all. but I, I'm it's just okay. saying, give the update. Yeah, small shots, Chanel shots. Period. <laughs> y'all clearly we have been drinking. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so y'all me. remember at the beginning of the year when I said I wasn't going to have a full time job? I did it against Carson's predictions. I did it. I don't have a full job, and while well, I, I mean a full time okay. job, but do you you have something part time? Not the point. That's what I said. I was like, you, you could not work, but okay. So what is? I'm not a bum. I can't. I know. But I really tried. So to. how so how does that feel though? Not working full time. I feel like I'm in my soft girl era. And you know what? It's funny. I told that to boyfriend number four. I told that to a nigga, and he was like, "Y'all love talking like how a TikTok star, nigga. Relax." Okay, well, can you elaborate on what is about like soft girl era? I feel that? like soft mean? girl. Like when I wake up in the morning, like I honestly, I still wake up around like seven, eight a.m. Like just out of habit, but I wake up and my day is fully mine. If I don't want to do something, I just don't, and like I don't have much of a. <laughs> I don't have much of a this is going to upset this person or oh I can't do this because my boss is going to I don't have none of that I just feel like either I do it or I don't and regardless of whether I do it or I don't I'm going to be alright and it feels good oh, it really funny. does especially and I was actually writing in my journal I'm someone who stakes so much identity in having a job mm-hmm. like just at the core of me it's it's very rare to catch me without a job or two um so it feels or different. three, like she says, she doesn't have a job, but like she does so much. <laughs> like this bitch is not like this is not a sit still bitch. What were you doing earlier? I was volunteering. Yeah, I, I, I was just talking to somebody. Like I think I want to get back into like the volunteering jam. I love I the PG I, girlies and yeah. the young PG girlies. It's I don't know. I'm just being of service. My, I, mean, I, I think that's important, but like I, that is still work and something to do. My mom really raised me that if you're not doing community service, like not something is wrong, but to the point where I feel uncomfortable when I'm not doing community service regularly. So I volunteer once a well, month. Well, that's a good habit at a specific place, yeah. and I really enjoy it. I really do. I feel like I do community service in like. What I do as work. Oh, yeah, girl. You really do. Like, I just... And I had to tell Carson this week, you do not work for volunteer. You are not a volunteer. Well, I'm not. And essentially, I'm... uh, What I've been saying is I've been getting... Yeah, essentially, my job at this point even is bending me over and fucking me in the ass. With with no lube! Or Vaseline. And, like, they're playing in my face like I'm dumb. And I just... I'm like... Like, okay... Without saying too much. But essentially, like, I started working for a new place, a new company. So the first check was mailed, and they said the next would be direct deposit. I realized on my error I didn't really set up direct deposit. So when I check, they say, hey, you'll get a paper check. So then I'm waiting a few days because I understand 
that there's UPS issues and strikes and all this stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like hounding anybody out because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give it a few days. Like, let's say you put it in on Friday. You might not, you're not going to get on Friday. It might take a day or two. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, I even gave him extra day Wednesday. And I'm like, okay, the next day, that's when I said something. It's like, oh, why didn't you say anything earlier? That's not good. And I'm like. You're not the how nobody to get paid. Like, you're clearly not there to volunteer. And so then I sent an email to, like, payroll and stuff. And, like, they didn't respond. So I ended up calling them. And I'm like, hello? I got your contact information. Like, oh, you should have said something, but like Monday or Tuesday, because at this point you have to wait. Because now it's a different pay week and a I'll, week. You have to wait a whole week. Though. And I'm like, I will literally come and get it. Like you do not have to mail it. Oh, I know that that that. And so, the real kicker, right, is like I haven't gotten paid for essentially this month of work. A month of work, basically. Yes, and weeks. so, my boss is like, I mean, I could cash up you like a hundred dollars. If that'll Which help. they're really not even supposed to do. Like, let's start there. But the like, real tea that I found out is like, Loki, there's some shady shit going on, even though this is supposed to be a financial financial literacy place. Like, mm. she's working in a county for a reason. She got kicked out of the city. Mm. And then also another, I don't want to say too, too much, but. Scandal on our hands, y'all. The person who's in charge's husband fought. Or was gonna no, get some ghetto ass shit right there on the first day. That's some ghetto ass shit. Now he's working in Baltimore. That's some ghetto ass shit. I've never heard of such. That's real tea. And I was like I said when um, on Friday I met with some of the people and they were saying you know like it's on the internet. Look it up. And I was like oh shit. I'm like damn. I'm seeing articles. Not your place of work. We don't TMZ. Not TMZ, but close enough. It, there is some tea there. But yeah, so basically I'm essentially just like a poor popper. And the only reason I have this job is because I it was more money. And it's like I haven't had the more money. But if I'm if I get paid this week, and this is supposed to be the week I essentially, not that I'm trying to get robbed, but like I'm about to get, I guess, paid, paid this upcoming week. Cause if not I already told them, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not coming on Monday. I feel like they're playing in my face. And unfortunately, with certain places, you kind of can't let them, like, fuck you over. just Because they will. Well, not, not even that, but just for, like, the good of everybody else. Mm. For the union. Right. I got to kind of put my foot down. Don't I agree. Don't cross the picket line, basically. I agree. I agree. But I'm also just, like, just the apartment I'm in, like, I feel like y'all need to appease me because this shit will get shut down if it's if I if I quit. <laughs> this shit is going up in flames, and not like an ego stroke, but more of like there is a big necessity that you haven't addressed. Mm. And so, like legally, if my shit don't, like if I don't do what I'm supposed to, like you ain't finna have nothing. It's about to be a very short lived thing. Like um, Crystal, I. We end up watching the thing about the hockey team. It's going to be like a two-year, three-year deal like that. <laughs> okay, all right, so the hockey thing. This is very junk, but, like, essentially, there's a documentary. We watch hockey? No. We black? We yes, 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 I, yes. I watch sports, so but this hockey is, a, is tea. 
I, I haven't gone to a hockey game. There's like two. There's black hockey players <laughs> in DC. But that's something that I would be down. That's the Capitals. That's yeah, the DC yeah. hockey team. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's niggas on there. Like there was a, a nigga. A nigga. That's what I was about to say. But there's niggas, niggas in the league. Or nigga. There's niggas in the league, but there was a nigga on the Capitals. I remember because his name was like Devonte or something. I was like, yeah. Okay. Okay. But, we okay. Got some color. So essentially. Hold on. Okay, sorry, slight technical difficulties, but okay. Essentially, what we saw was a documentary about how this minor league hockey team was owned by a seventeen-year-old, and his dad may or may not have been in the mafia and bought it for him because he liked hockey, and he got injured and couldn't play. How the other half lives, and I was like, oh, oh my god! Like, literally, like, for him, but like just imagine like just having it where like you know what I know you're sad about not being able to have, play hockey. Here's a team that you can manage and run and be the president of at 17 years old. Wow, yeah, makes you think that much power at 17. That shit crazy. crazy. Also, there was there was another mafia related thing on Netflix like about the sports. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like they the were alluding to something. Sports is ran by mafia. We done cracked the code. We did not discover anything. Do we have a shit that comes through our phone? We have several shit that comes through social media. Number one. All right. So we have mentioned, I follow this page before because sometimes they have drills. It's six black chicks on Twitter. And essentially they're like a, I need advice. Let me ask. I'm going to give you four of the, the things. Okay. My true love got married, dated four years. I paid a psychic. $2,300 to help get my man back. For a while it worked. He left his wife and moved in. Now he's cheating on me with his wife and she's pregnant. Psychic sex to let him go. I refuse to lose him again. Bitch, that's not your man. That's somebody's whole husband. You don't need advice. You don't need a psychic. You need therapy. Also, the psychic finessed you for two bands? They really did. I want them to be my life coach. Two bands? You want them to finesse you? No, but a psychic coach who can finesse someone out of $2,300. Do you know how much psychic... So, honestly, I feel like the way that we spend money is very psychological. Like There are psychological triggers that make us spend money. So, the amount of marketing and the amount of work that that person put in, that psychic put in to have you believe them because we don't put money into things that we don't think are credible number one they had to believe that they were credible to give them the money and number two they actually had to have the like <laughs> believability to fork it over that person you know okay that's some skills all right next but also one just the fact that like that's not your nigga that's that not was sh- never your nigga. That's not your nigga. That's somebody <laughs> else's <laughs> whole nigga. If that it's nigga that wanted husband. to marry you, he would have. And it's just that and simple. They want to. He and would. I think All right. That's the hard pill to swallow. It's like it sometimes is. the people that you choose don't choose you. Damn, to swallow that pill, to not to pay twenty three hundred dollars to not swallow that pill is crazy. No, honestly, like that was an expensive ass pill. That's an expensive ass <laughs> pill. She really, dang, like. Cause I'm thinking about like the shit, like when I went to New Orleans, like the psychic there, like they just said a bunch of shit. Like, didn't they say you'd be pregnant by now? <laughs> I got your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they didn't predict the pandemic. That's true. So maybe that that changed the trajectory. Also, 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Psychic who didn't predict the pandemic, I'm never listening to you again. Well, fair, I mean, that was a fair point because we was, didn't ask. Yeah, but like, why wasn't that in the reading? That, that I mean, fair point. Everyone, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've had maybe like one or two readings done, and they're like, "You gonna get it together eventually." <laughs> <laughs> it's so I like, never had a reading done. So like. Some of the things I was like, damn, how does bitch know that? I but like, I feel like it's also though. very general. It's like horoscopes. Yeah. yeah. The only place that I feel like I would honestly feel comfortable getting a reading is New Orleans. Though. Well, it, I think Orleans. it's just part of the experience. I didn't put too yeah. much on it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a person of faith, but you know, I also do the work. But I don't, yeah. I don't put too much on like a second reading. But it was just something like cheeky, fun to do. <laughs> and I think the one that. Because I came later in that trip. The one that they saw seemed like they gave the theatrics and the like the real yeah. interesting story. Because yeah. the person that gave me was like... Hers was like way a little too practical. Yeah. Ah, it wasn't as like it's exciting. Like you, she was like, you know, you're a woman. You've got, you know, you, you well, she essentially knew. have the gift. Maybe she was new. I don't know. But I was like, I, I want to hear about baby daddy. I, I, I don't <laughs> no. need to hear about my no, queen energy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, and then remember, we also got like the uh, animal. Oh, yeah. And yeah. my cousin... Got, what was what did she get? Cause I got like a hawk, and I think I got like a lion. somebody got a lion. I got a hawk, and then somebody got maybe like a sheep or like a dog or something. Like okay, that. she or got yeah. the dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like your energy, your inner animal or something, a spirit animal. That's yeah, fake. it was fake as fuck, but he did it for free. We're getting yeah. off topic. There's there's more. There's yeah. more. Okay. The next one. My life feels so good with her. She encourages me, cooks, great sec, etc. I proposed. She rejected me. Her. And I quote, I don't want a husband with four baby mamas. I'll never have peace. How well, and why is she judging me for my past relationship? Please past, make it make present. sense. That's not a past. That's the present, baby. You got four four baby mamas, which doesn't even mean that you have four kids. It just means you have four baby mamas. Do you know yeah. how stupid you have to be to agree to be somebody's fifth baby mama? But Damn. you're the wife. That's what B. Simone said. She would be that person as long as she's the B wife. motherfucking Simone. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. No, I know, but just, <laughs> just the fact that was she, but she was like flip-flopping and whatever. But I think it was also interesting with her the way that she kind of switched up her whole demeanor when she seemingly lost weight. Like, seemingly? She did lose weight. But, I mean, like, you changed your whole personality. Because before she was definitely, like, the pick-me kind of vibe. But now you've, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I haven't consumed her content. I haven't consumed her content. I just happened to see that she lost a lot of weight and she was, like, kind of switching up. And I was well, like, hmm. the thing Wasn't is. she always kind of small? Did she lose no, a lot of weight? She did. Because I, I follow the person that trained her. I like her a lot. Like she's a okay. fitness girl, Searches but like be more. Um, this is it? the girl that the yeah. But she's she's a little like weight loss place with the person who like trained her is like Kiara the leader or something on Instagram. Follow the leader. No. Okay. That's somebody else. But that, she's not bad. But Kiara is. I, I feel like a lot of she's right on a decent amount of stuff that you know like she's anti Instagram influencer trainer thing. But some of the stuff she says is kind of dumb. Like, I feel like you're not trying to vax your kids, but, like, you ate Chick-fil-A your whole pregnancy. Like, that don't really, just, that don't balance out It's just me. interesting how certain things you're health conscious, and I'm worried about what's in your body, but you drink four locos and smoke Reggie. Well, yeah, no, she <laughs> smokes sweet. Okay, so the next one. All right. 
But we didn't even, yeah. oh, I didn't really say my piece yeah. about that one. Yeah. But I just think it's really interesting how men can do all of this and then suddenly you're redeemable. Or like, why am I not being, you have four fucking baby mamas. Like, why is, your priority needs to be your damn kids. Like, If a woman have four baby daddies, you wouldn't even talk to her. He. Like, for real. I don't know, because like... Niggas be stabbed at like it's, it's, but people got to baby. four baby mom. Do y'all know how much that is? Like that's actually a lot to have kids with four different people. No, I agree. I I personally would it's never. A lot if you have four kids in general with the same person, but it's even more having kids. <laughs> just <laughs> just having. <laughs> I mean, we some childless hoes, but like in general though, having four baby mamas. Is a lot because that doesn't even mean four kids. That just means four baby mamas. No, that's true. I mean, they could multiple. they could be eight kids. They yeah. could be, there could literally be four plus kids. That's a lot to take on. You talking about your past, nigga? That should be your past and your present. Yeah, and Do I think not the idea your kids. Yeah, the idea of like a baby mama being past. That shouldn't be a thing. Like you should be in present content and you should be present in your life. Like Nick Cannon's whole thing, like. How are you dividing your time by 10 plus, i.e. NBA Youngboy, Nick Cannon, yeah. at Sign Einstein. All right, next one. At a motel with a co-worker, I was mid-stroke when her ex kicked the door off the hinges and dragged her out by her hair. She told everybody at work that I didn't help her. I was naked, scared, and engaged, so I like... Engaged? Yes, I like her. How do I convince her to give me a second chance? Nigga, let it go. Let it go. Yeah, I just feel like you got to know when you see a sign. Like, when a sign is a sign, like, and walk away. It's a sign. If I've ever seen one, being someone, you watch someone being dragged by her hair when you're also engaged, is that... What's you the fucking in here? a motel? Like, there's so many layers. Motel actually caught me first. Because yeah. what is the future here? Yeah, I don't know. And, like, yeah. <laughs> Fucking I in just, a motel on I your coworker while you're engaged, that. and she obviously is dealing with somebody who abused her in front of you, and you just stood there ass naked, dick in hand. <laughs> ass naked, dick in hand. <laughs> yeah. And you want a second chance? First of all, coworkers never work out. I don't care what anyone says. No, I, I tend to Don't eat where you shit. Yeah. Either you have to get married or don't do it. If you're not be, willing to get be married, married, don't do it. Be married. No. But, no. Don't, but don't do it. But no. don't do it. Because I've seen married niggas <laughs> do a lot of dirt <laughs> and they share a hallway, so. Right. Well, okay, also, we can just say this, and I think that Carson and Chanel will probably co-sign this, and I'm gathering this, and this is my summation of the stories I've heard, but niggas in education are Sheesh. obviously just messy as fuck. Well, it's not just education, well, and I think that that's the thing. Like, as you're getting and, older I guess I'm saying that education because it can easily be such a female Education, yes. Education is one of the only female-dominated industries. So the men, especially the black men in education, they know they're 2%. And they tend to work that 2% up and down the hallways as they choose, as they please. I've literally seen, like, at a staff party, a nigga who's married already, right? Married already, side chick or main side chick. At the holiday party, like, looking like prom king and prom queen, right? And then the second side chick 
social second, worker. I'm sorry, girl. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Literally sitting down watching because she didn't know. Right? Nigga, and this nigga's 45, by the way. This nigga's not even a young nigga. This nigga literally walks over to the second side chick once the main side chick is doing something else. And it's like, hey, how you doing? You good? And I feel like what really broke my heart is that I feel like that's all she was waiting for because she left right after. Mm. Mm. Get up. Stand up. <laughs> no, for real. But this second side chick is just such a fucking phrase. Like, second side chick. That's how I feel about being like baby mama number two. Like, there's no respect. With baby mama number two. All right, there's one more. And this one, kind of interesting. Okay. Broke up with my baby daddy because he's trifling in every way possible. Our mm-hmm. two-year-old cries for him. I smell him in every room of the house, and I missed him. He's back home. He laughed at me. I've been breaking in and spraying my cologne everywhere. Damn it, it worked. Huh? Huh? That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> But that's a crime because you were like breaking and entering. So essentially she kicked him out Uh and her son has been crying for him. And she kind of was like, man, I just keep smelling like, you know, feeling his presence, smelling him. Like, it seems like he's still here. Uh And so she like got back with him. And then he told her like, yeah, what I did was I broke in and sprayed my cologne everywhere. (laughs) And he was like, it fucking worked. Didn't it though? It worked. Yeah, but that's trifling. Do y'all remember the smell of a nigga? I don't think I... Maybe my first boyfriend. I remember my first boyfriend's smell. But I think it was just dub soap. I mean, I had it... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I was going to say, I think that some people do have, like, a... You have to have an, a, a certain feel for that person to really, like, pay attention. Like, miss I the agree. essence of their smell and things like that. And yeah. then they got to be, like, grown up enough to have, like... Have smell one... If they're smart enough, they should have a smell. You know, or like the smell that they wear around. Do y'all have you. a smell? Do y'all have a scent? I mean, I'm trying to get a different sense for different purposes. Trying See, to that's really be on my grown woman shit. Truly. But I have like a few perfumes that I have in rotation. Mm-hmm. And I do remember. What's, your big, what's your big money perfume? Like, what's like you, like, you okay. have some big shit. All right. George Armani C. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I like that one. But I also have uh, Bright Crystals. I think that that lasts pretty well on me. There's this scent that I personally am not fond of, but when I've worn it, like people are like, oh, you smell nice. It's like a juicy, the juicy couture mm. one. But I remember I had on the bright Versace Bright Crystals at work, and somebody was like, somebody smells good. I was like, it's me, bitch. It's like, it's something about stuffing into like your older black woman bag where like mm. you have like a smell. Like you yeah. can smell when an older black woman with a good job is like in the supermarket and like you, like that <laughs> energy. That smell, You're right? Uh, and You're you know, right. and I'm gonna throw it way back. Like grandmas, they gonna wear Elizabeth pink white di- diamonds. The white diamonds. <laughs> they gonna wear that fucking white diamonds. <laughs> so I'm looking for my white diamond. Like I have a. Few well, we scents. don't like that's, but ev- like that's like everybody wears that. But you kind of want to have your own scent. And yeah. I think that now you know there are so many different kind of perfume places that yeah. you just gotta one find one you like the smell of that sticks on you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get the good shit. Because the good shit lasts a long time. Like, yeah. you know, the Walmart kind of body spritz, that's good daily. Yeah. But, you know, you need to spray a whole lot. Like, you be... Yeah. But, like, good perfume, yeah, it. you just got to hit the good spots, and I then it lasts all day. Yeah, because that uh, Bath and Body Works, Victoria's <laughs> Secrets, that's the one you can be like... No, that one, you're like... Yeah. 
And then it's still gone by like noon. <laughs> like you nah. gotta keep reapplying it. My big money, my big, my big pissy girl one is a YSL. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is, but it's a very vanilla y smell. So that's that is that kind of the smell that you like personally? Yeah, like? it's a smell that I like and it's a smell that whenever I wear I get so many compliments on it. Like niggas like stopping you in the street, like you smell really good. Like that's, that's like good. one of the best compliments. And, it is. and a good smelling, a good smelling man. Oh my god! I saw who turn AC on. I saw a tweet was like, "Smell like how you look." Like I'm tired of turning around and being disappointed. <laughs> hey yo, lol. <laughs> but I think that that's 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 the real game. Smell good game. But I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not as super hip on like men's cologne and stuff like that. But like, if I wish I could like know the That's smells of the smells. cologne. So I'm like, oh, I like this one, or you well, know, this smells so good. In my ideal right person right. would be, they would go and try to like, I want to. They go to like the perfume place and like, okay, I know what she smells like, but I don't know the name of it. And they try to, they they able to distinguish it. That's I think my, your standards may be a bit high. That is my teen young That's adult teen teen fantasy. Yeah, it's like I gotta get her. It's Christmas. It's December twenty third, and I don't know. She just kind of smells florally, and then there's like that one teenage worker who's like, "Let's go get the samples," and like works super hard. Meanwhile, there's other customers trying to get service, but she's focusing all well, on I this think man. This is a good segue to go into our main topic. Okay, or actually, okay, before you we get one more. In, all right, so reverse the segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put a pin in it because we're going to come back to it because I actually do want to talk about it. But uh, there's some other things from social media that I wanted to talk about. So, you know, essentially there's always discourse about, like, what is black and, like, black people experience. So I have some screenshots of people essentially being like, I'm not that kind of black. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear your guys' opinions that's on this. That's just a hell of a phrase right there, like, right. that kind I, of black. I, I will, that I, that's how I surmise it. Okay, so I wasn't the... Watch BET good at basketball, black kid. I was the watch Steven Universe and good at Smash Bros, black kid. And I will show these two ladies what this gentleman looked like. These are screen grabs from TikTok. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> no, I guess what was interesting to me uh, kind of about that is the th- more than one, so. those aren't necessarily things that need to be juxtaposed juxtaposed right like you could watch two things at once and i think that that whole of i'm a special kind of negro like mm-hmm. you like whether you got the sauce or not you're gonna get shows you know like there's somebody for you like there's girls who watch steven universe who also listen to this like those two things like things don't have to cancel each other out and they're I not agree. it's not necessarily a comparison but you trying to flex like i'm not one of those hood guys i no one chose me because i watched anime you know like these these childish Gambino Donald Glover sons, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> who were like the black girls weren't checking for me because I was into anime. Meanwhile, Megan like the Stallion fucking talks about anime all the time, so obviously there's a lot of I, that's no, not me personally. It's more mainstream now, but I feel like those guys, you were never going after the girl equivalent of you. Ooh, if you were going after the girl equivalent, because there was a you, whole bunch of them. There was a bunch of them. I'm thinking of one very vividly. This bitch really was into it. She went to Comic Con, and you know how some people would hide that. She did not hide it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like you don't want you. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. And that's what but the issue black is. Anime girls don't go around saying black guys don't want me. That's mm. the difference. They don't do mm. that. In my mm. experience, that's no, yeah, that's never their excuse to date white guys. To me, that's that's not. 
Because it's, I guess my whole, what I've seen is like, I'm giving these black guys a chance. Like I'm begging them to choose me, but they're not, it's kind of that whole thing of you're chasing what doesn't want you. Mm-hmm. Or what you you feel like you're going after something you're striving, but you you're not thinking about what you could really get. Like mm-hmm. be like be fucking for real. Like we all have to date in our lane. Yeah, and it understand that. Is. Yeah, and there's probably something you could like with that. Like, why would you want to date somebody that you have common interest you have with? Nothing in common with the girl you went after, with the cocoa black girls you yeah. chose. Yeah, you have I, nothing in common. Or with you're them. trying to get chosen by. Yeah, and I guess I just wonder, like, okay, you get them. What's the next step? What do you talk about? But I will say, as I get older, I do recognize that some people, some black guys didn't grow up with a lot of black girls in general. So I'm not no, saying yeah, that's, that's a part of it. Saying, yeah. Like, you smash who you're near. No, yeah, it's definitely, I understand that part of it. niggas from PG County? Atlanta? No. Where else is a like, black area? Chicago. Oh, well, yeah, Chicago's Crenshaw. a black. Detroit's a black city. I've recently also discovered Milwaukee. Philly? Philly's black as fuck. Yeah, I heard Milwaukee is black, too. Yeah, I heard I Milwaukee's heard. black as fuck. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, different pockets. These Houston. pockets. Charlotte. Like, these black Charlotte, pockets. that's a good one. Oh, well, a lot yeah. of the down south cities you are made. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you sought that out. Well, I think what it is is there is the proximity to whiteness that, you know, unfortunately, counterparts, i.e. black white women and black men, strive for it. they want to be as close to a white man as possible yeah because they're only one off equal. yes so they'll a lot of times try to align themselves with what they feel like how to climb that ladder but i had one more and i felt that it was really interesting that this one was in to this group of tweets essentially about black people talking about i'm not like other negroes and i've, I've seen some other tweets that were like hey honestly I know we're having this conversation, but what they're saying is valid, right? Mm-hmm. They were picked on for being different, and that and that is true. But this last one, I really want to hear your your opinion on. Force them out for the when the hood girls think you're hard, but you're just really dark skin. Ooh, mm. tell like a different type of pain. So, you know, when I first read that, I was like, I get it. You know, like there is this idea of there's a certain type of ghetto girl. And when you even think of that, there is a image in your head of somebody and more than likely they're not light. And I thought that that was very insightful. Okay, but I I would like to hear your ladies opinions on that. Also, this drink has a lot more bites. (laughs) 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 No, I think it's something really interesting to look at and how we see that in ourselves like I remember a friend was dealing with someone and they were complaining and lamenting about I don't want to say well this is kind of a trigger but it was kind of along like that abusive spectrum and the person that I pictured was a dark-skinned person and then like, when they showed me what they looked like I was like oh my gosh like it it made me look within myself and how we naturally built up this connotation with I mean, and you think about like Tyler Perry movies, like Blair Underwood. What was that other ni- guy's name? The, a man Malik that Yoba. has never played a good man. Malik Yoba, dark skinned man. No, what was the guy's name? That Wood Harris's brother, that was in um, Mad Black Woman, Charles oh. Harris or something like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, dar- another dark skinned man. Like we had these connotations that are built up, and then later on, you think yeah. about the characters in The Wire. Those are some cold-blooded motherfuckers. It's just oh, dark skin. 
Mm. Interesting. And it's like we like it's been reinforced with us, so then we naturally have that kind of association. And then we, I mean, and then we look at like the hood stuff, hard, tough exterior. Why do we associate that with darker skin? And I think that a lot of times we'll find examples to kind of fulfill our prophecies. Mm-hmm. So we'll look at like we'll see this person, right? And it's like there's a lot of other people who wouldn't aren't like that but you find like one page or one person to be yeah. like okay this is uh, uh, well it's something to be said about tokenism and how yeah. that's oftentimes used as a justification for shitty things mm-hmm. and then you know and and that's just uh, it's mere it could be merely circumstantial right but you use that as an example then it's like you could justify you know your racism classism kind of behavior or I guess colorism in this case behavior. Okay. So I have one point that's kind of off topic, but essentially I feel like it fits under the general umbrella. I saw this video, a TikTok, essentially talking about how we are kind of conditioned to think of disabilities as like a bad thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of times the villains in movies will have disabilities. They'll have, they'll be missing an arm or have a hook. They'll walk with like a cane and have certain things. And it wasn't until I saw that I'm like, wow, you're fucking right. There was a movie or a Netflix series about witches, and, and one of the indicators for the witches, they didn't have all the fingers. There's people who didn't have five digits having to, like, say, hey, I'm not a fucking witch. Yeah, I mean, it's something to be said kind of about the ableism in that. And it's like we're in a scary movie, right? We're running away. This and this person, I was gonna say this motherfucker, but anybody can be motherfucker to me. I'm not, you know, I'm equal yeah. opportunity. But like, they don't got a leg. How are they, you know? And that's part of our, you know, audience reaction. Like, how the fuck do they catch up? This motherfucker ain't got no legs. Or they have a limp. Yeah, something. yeah. When you think of a lot of yeah. villains, especially in Disney-like movies, a lot of them have disabilities. That's true. And I saw that TikTok that you were talking. I saw somebody responding to the TikTok, and they were like going through, um, like Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers, and like what would be the comparable. Um, they're talking more more like mental health kind of disabilities with them, and I was like, wow. And then it makes you think about how in a previous episode we talked about how like disclosure and how like the scariest part of them would be like it's a man and a woman, and I'm like, yo, like. Yeah, I was about to. I was literally just thinking that. Your yeah, kind of made me think of um, the documentary Disclosure. Yeah, which is a great documentary. It like, is definitely honestly probably the the best documentary I've ever seen. So if you haven't, to me, it, it, it was, I, I it guess was because really I watch a lot of documentaries, it's hard for me to put a best on it. That's true. I, I don't yeah. watch a yeah. whole lot. I I think we're on the same page. Yeah. What was interesting to me about it is that I love documentaries that expose a different world, like a different yeah. world that you've never seen before and that you've never been interested to. And because I have a privilege of being a cisgender woman, like it was, that's probably what made it more interesting for me and more. It just felt like because you know there is a documentary of the gang. The check it that is in from where you're from. Yeah, the oh, DC really? gang. No, yes, I remember. I remember. I remember I'm pretty sure it's I on Tubi. I remember going to high school, so we went to high school, and I remember my freshman it's on year. Tubi. Somebody yeah. was like, like "Are you with the check it?" Yeah, that was a. Good and game. the check it is the gang. That's that's a, a yeah. But I I guess that's what so was, shit. you know, kind of the beauty of the check it is like they banded together in the fact that these were black. I mean, it was mostly men, or maybe men and trans, yeah. who joined together and were like, we're fucking sick and tired of being 
you know, mistreated, like we're fucking fighting back. I mean, you know, there's, I remember hearing about them and, you know, back when YouTube fights are a big thing and it was like, mm-hmm. you could see videos of the check it people like beating people up. Like we're not going for, like, we're not going for that. Mm. And that was kind of, but there, I remember hearing, I don't know if I actually saw the documentary or saw clips of it, but I know I, it was something on YouTube, but it's probably on Tubi now, but it's, it's definitely sure it interesting to see and just kind of how, like you said, like other perspectives and how we essentially, whether subconsciously or not, we're being trained to separate ourselves from seeing others as scary evil. And it, it's kind of a callback to like how, Get Out was able to do that without being, like, it was ostensibly alluding to the fact of, like, this is bad. But this was so much more in our faces. And I think a lot of black people don't realize how recently, you know, history and all that stuff. But, like, we were being the bad guys and, like, the minstrel shows and stuff like that not even 100 years ago. Well, Birth of a Nation was maybe about 100 years ago. The first Birth of a Nation which was Harold is like one of the best when it came out, it was like, this is the best fucking movie ever. They screened it at the white house for free (laughs) for people to watch at the white house. I think it was president Woodrow Wilson at the time, which he was basically a card carrying member of the Klan. Just let it, wanted to let y'all know that learn about your presidents. Cause most of these niggas suck. And all right, we were actually having a conversation about like politicians as a whole like how very you bring you brought up jimmy carter it's like in order for you to be good at your job as a politician you can't be a good person yeah he is the only person that i could um call upon upon somewhat recent history of a president he he is genuinely a good person and okay, he ha- what's that based on? And he has been a good person. Like, if you look into his life and his life story, I is I, he the one that came up with the New Deal? No, no that was Teddy that, that was Ro- okay. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt wasn't a bad person. He was just cheating on his wife. But I later discovered I they mean, had an open do. they had an open marriage where she was she like they both said they were both of them like the ladies. They were both, both fucking on bitches. But okay, what what was crazy is I watched so I was watching the first ladies. Um, show on showtime which was pretty good the really? only I mean, I mean, it was that. good my only if i had a beef with about it is i so i have read becoming have you read becoming i've read but, most of it so very so much of when they show michelle obama it just seemed that they just looked at becoming and didn't really add anything extra to it mm. Which is like, it was what I visualized when I read the book Becoming. I was like, you could have added a little bit more to her story. Like, yes, Becoming was a great novel. It did paint a picture of her I'm life. I'm not going to lie. It was a little slow starting out. But I also you, okay. listened in Audible. Okay. Which was just slower. Yeah, I, I read the book. And Becoming, if you think Becoming is slow, Promised Land. It's not that it's slow. But this nigga Obama is so fucking verbose. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm looking up like every fucking two pages. I'm looking up words that I've never even heard of before. And I'm like, Harper, love of you. Yeah, obviously. And apparently, you know, maybe that's just how that nigga talks. But I'm like, you could have said this I another way. Like it's <laughs> hard to turn it off. And maybe, and, no, I feel like, but think about the type of rooms that Obama has been in. And the type of code switching that has to happen to exist in those rooms. I, I hear you, but like, you who know how to talk. America, who is America is still like, 
I, I hear what you're saying, right? But I feel like you, there's a way you can dumb it. You could fit your audience, right? If you want a lot of people to read this and relate to the people, you will speak in English that everybody can understand. And I'm going to be honest, like, I'm like, you know, I'm about to, you know, hype myself up a bit. Like, I'm an educated person. And I read a lot of, I read a lot of biographies. Like, that's what, because I, I read nonfiction. Like, that's more my jam. So I've read well-written bi- biographies where, like, you don't, it almost... It can, I can see how it can come off as, like, so pretentious. It's like, this is the way that you have to describe you signing a fucking bill. <laughs> like, it was a phalanx of people who walked it. Like, they could just think it was a lot of fucking people. Like, goddamn, like, it's... <laughs> like it's like it's almost medieval the words he uses. Like, I've never heard of this shit. And I've, I'm college educated. I've never heard of these fucking words before. <laughs> like, I mean, granted, I'm not an English major or anything. But, like, I'm like, what the fuck? But... Yeah, it's just really interesting juxtaposing those two. But with the first ladies and with Jimmy Carter, kind of circling back to that, it's like he was a good person. Like he put greenhouses, greenhouse, not greenhouse, but um, damn, what is the thing that you put on top of your house? Solar panels. He put like solar panels on the White House. He was like he introduced a lot of really good things. Mm. But as far as like being a president and like having rule with that iron fist, okay. like he didn't do that well. But he's done so many other good things outside of being in prison. All right, so I'm I'm pulling up the page to kind of summarize him. So he took office during the period of stagflation as the economy economy experienced a combination of high inflation and slow economic growth. His budgetary centered around taming inflation by reducing deficits and government spending. Responding to energy concerns that persisted through much of the 70s, his administrator enacted a national energy policy designed for long-term energy conservation and the development of alternative resources. His short-term in the country was best was beset by energy crisis. So essentially, he also emphasized human rights. Um, he continued to collaborate with his whole world. Let me scroll through. So, you know, he was a blue guy that I think did a lot of good for a lot of people. I don't think, like she kind of said, you can't be good person and a good politician. Those those two things don't die, Venn diagram each other. Yeah. Okay. Anything is possible for them to Venn diagram each other when it's local. Like, you know, and I think kind of isn't the high stakes, you know what I mean? School and I think, I think it's possible that. because of a lot of what dilutes these politicians is like you take money from lobbyists and these special interest groups who are like, you owe allegiance to these people or you kind of have to, you make all these promises, but when it's local, you really don't have to make those kind of promises. I feel like that's the truest politics. That's yeah, the truest no, for sure. To me is the local elections. And I really wish that people would be more civically like, fuck, like fuck the four year thing. Like, honestly, yeah. like honestly, I do vote, you, I vote in those elections literally because my mom told me that my grandfather went to jail for the right for me to vote. That's literally so. Do you so do you reason. keep up with your local government officials? I do. I live in Baltimore and I vote in local Baltimore elections. Okay, so you know what's going like you know who's I where. Wish I knew a little bit more, okay. but I do know. And the summer programs and the community things that I've worked for within the Baltimore community, I vote for the people who show up to those events. That's, I, I mean, that's a good. Who speak at that's those a good marker for you. And I don't vote for other people, but it's a city. And I was do, a, do they have like an aldermanic system in the city? A what? Like where you have aldermen? What do you mean? It's like in a lot of major okay, cities. Barack. 
I know, right? No, and a lot of she major cities. A book. lot of major cities are broke. Like, for example, like DC and like Chicago, so that they're into they're broke down into wards, right? So they separate the city into wards. Yeah, and then it's wards, just and then yeah, wards are just neighborhoods. But then within like those different wards and neighborhoods, they have aldermen who are kind of like nah, they don't have that in Baltimore. They re- yeah, it was like they represent like a certain part of the city. Like you, if you were so to there, gr- are, there are, there's the mayor, and then there are city officials. Yeah, it's kind of like this. The, the, it kind of the same way, like. The thing about government in that we learn, you know, the different branches and stuff, they're all mirrored in various levels of government. So comparable to like how the president is a president, that's the president is similar to the mayor. And then like aldermen will work as similar to Congress within city levels. So they represent a certain district of the city. Right. You can't see us, but we're nodding our head as this bitch is spitting. I, I feel like I'm learning a lot. No, yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, it's different because I live in the suburbs, so we don't have aldermen right. in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And out, I, I mean, I don't want to get into my sub. No, what it is is I was gonna say I can I'm speak about PG. PG. When you look into the governmental structure of PG, it is kind of sketchy. How we have all of these cities that don't really have defined, super defined jurisdictions. But you know exactly where it is. You know where it is. I know but like Suitland versus Bowie. Right, but. Bowie has police. Bowie has a mayor. Suitland doesn't have a mayor. Lanham doesn't have a mayor. Landover doesn't have a mayor. We have county. We have a county executive, but we don't have like aldermen in to represent these different people. So this county executive is essentially the only person in you charge of all these people. That who has government? Chevrolet has government. You want to know where the fuck Chevrolet is? It's down two hundred two, but it's literally probably well, it has its own police blocks. systems. Yeah. It, it's bigger than that. No, it it. it it is. It's a neighborhood. Essentially, it is. it is literally a neighborhood. A neighborhood actually isn't that big. Lake Arbor is a neighborhood. Yeah. Lake Arbor's not a town. It's a neighborhood. And, and I was, Lake Arbor might be bigger than Chevrolet. That's what I'm saying. Well, I guess it depends on what. Okay. If, I didn't know this was going to be a geography lesson, but I'm kind of here for it, right? So Chevrolet does have. I feel like the landscape is a little different. So you, I, I do see your argument. What I do find really interesting is just this area that we live in this DC metropolitan area is so very police compared to any other city. Like we have like five different different police forces for them to be able to like the crime rate. Like if you really think about there's Capitol police, right? There's metropolitan police. Two. There's DC park police. Three. The government buildings have their own set of police. Four. And then oh, did I say there's Metro? university police too. And then you think about there Howard. A bunch of different Howard, Howard has his own police. UDC has his own police. Georgetown American has his own police. About, like just on the buses and trains, there's their own. There's, there's Metro police, but that's different from like the Metropolitan police. Oh well, like the actual Metro system and then a Metropolitan lot of police. And a lot to of think, police. like how does how is all this fucking crime happening? You could throw a rock and hit four police officers. How do you right. how do you storm the Capitol when they you pass all these police? They work there because you're work. They're your coworkers. <laughs> they're your coworkers. They, they, you fucking. One point I want to say about um, PG is what I found interesting because we were talking about the curfew that was happening earlier. We were talking yeah. about how um, like there's just not places for the teens to go. But the thing that I find interesting is that when you when anyone hears about PG, when I tell people I'm from PG, especially when I tell people from Baltimore, like other places, they're like the first thing they say is Pretty Girl County. You know what the next as thing they, they, they should, is? as they is. motherfucking Here should. Be. You know what? I, I didn't notice that was a thing until I went away. But I digress. And they said that in other 
they places really too. Say that like, everywhere. no, like I've been out of the state. Like, I, I, when I went to Atlanta, they're like, "Yeah, I'm from PG County." Like, oh, Pico County, and like, I'm like, you know, you fucking see it. Period. You fucking but see it. One thing that I have noticed also is that they also talk about host, which is Black County. But honestly, that's in comparison to other areas like Detroit, like Chicago, like Baltimore, that are black ass places. No, I mean it, it is a very. But because it's considered well off we don't get as many programs but if you actually look at pg the closer you get to the decent line so that means exit 11 I think and down is like very it's forgotten like, that's about. like the what are they it's the inner beltway forgot about and those I, places yeah, could yes. afford dc type programs baltimore type programs no, but because no. we're associated with a really great well-off county because of the few people that live in woodmore and what and you know i mean there are other places buoy Woodmore, there's a places. there's a lot of wealth but i think and this is within this country too is like there's when you look at the when you look at the median you're like oh my gosh this is good but you don't understand that when you use median gradient. yeah like that's that's the crazy thing about and we need to use other kind of um markers, markers because we really need to look at like the average and not necessarily the median because when Yo. you when you when you take the highest in the lowest, and you meet in the middle. That high motherfucker got a lot of motherfucking money. Thirty k to one thirty k. The median is what seventy. One thirty k plus. Because there's, it, that's the extreme, and that's kind of the parallel, and that's the issue, like with this country and like with resources in general. It's like you look at the county, like we don't really need much. The median income is what sixty k. But that's because motherfuckers making two hundred, three hundred. I think motherfuckers making 10, 20, 30. So you giving motherfuckers who don't need shit stuff, vice the people who need a lot more and not getting got not getting I think enough. PG could benefit from a lot of city programs. Like yeah. when I look at Baltimore, I'm like, damn, I can get paid for doing this. And it's interesting because of the fact that like when you look at the breakdown of PG and like these different areas and these different cities who don't really have structure. Like I'm not gonna say it's necessarily lawless, but there's so many different cities in like Woodmore and stuff like that. Like Woodmore's not really a city. It's a town. It's a it's town. It's really a neighborhood. It's actually. really it's really a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. Right, but like they're saying they're they would say they're Mitchellville, but their zip code might be Bowie. Yeah. And so it's like it's very weird and strange how mm-hmm. like things aren't defined. Like there's there's a lot of areas that there's no real jurisdiction over. Yeah. Right? Like you could be like Costco and stuff like that that's in Lanham. Mm-hmm. But across the street from them is Springdale. Like the shit don't make sense when you really break it down. But I think that that is done on purpose, right? Because of, and I think that having a buoy address is a lot different than having a Largo address. It is. Right? And so. Well, at the time, the connotation of that is different, right? Because if you see recently, I don't know if you saw this, where like the Metro has changed names of certain stations, right? So really? Largo Town Center is now called Downtown Largo. What? Yeah. I did not know that. Right there, right? You ride the blue line? I, I did not know that. When you, a Largo resident. When you walk, really when you walk to up me. to that station, it's There's not... No downtown at Largo. There, it's just Largo. It's literally the boulevard. You're not going to see Largo Town Center anymore. It's going to say Downtown Largo. You go to PG Mall, it's not going to say PG Mall anymore. That stop is now Hyattsville Crossing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think that it's interesting how I think the connotation when we were younger and stuff that like Largo, ooh, watch out, or, you know, like trap it out Largo. But that's <laughs> that's <laughs> changing as it's gentrifying, that's right? Because really Largo's not bad so anymore. At what age do you feel like you kind of know? 
Because to me, I felt like it was high school. By the time I got to high school, and we all played sports in high school. Yeah. So when you play sports in PG County High School, you go to other high schools, and you realize the disparities. That, oh, that is such a good point. Like, I, I played sports in high school, so we traveled around to different, and you would see, like, going to schools like Bowie, Rose, Vice. I went, you know, I went to uh, sporting events in, like, oh, no, Suitland. We Central. Central. We, I don't know if I ever went to Central. I might have went to Central. I went to Parkland. Mm. That shit looked like a fucking elementary school. Well, I feel like when I talk about sports and I have this very interesting view because I did non-traditional black sports, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I would do that and I would see how, you know, you know, PG County has a lot of good in it. And what used to, I couldn't understand my mind is how it was so okay with being just good in this area when we one had so numbers and else. and I was like, we could like, why don't we have bigger goals to like do the state things? Because like I said, I played volleyball. I did swimming. Right. And Wait, so I guess volleyball is, is non-black. Yes. It's definitely non-black. The first experience I had in volleyball was at a UMD volleyball camp. And I was one of 10 black girls at, out of at least 500. I mean, how, how over you, I was, I was going into high school. It was to prepare for high school tryouts. Well, uh, essentially, right, at least where we are, volleyball, there is more integration within the sport. But, like, when you look at the USA team and all that stuff, there may be, like, one, two, three, or four, but, like, it is not a majority. Did you guys hear about the girl at Duke? Who yes. Would she yes. play at BYU? Yes, I did. So, essentially, what happened at BYU, they were chanting, like, nigger or something she while she was serving. Her. Yeah. The student section. So it was like right behind you. And, you know, when you serve, you're you're further back yeah. away from the court. So you're right in front of the student section. And they're like, nigger! And stuff like that. Okay, but essentially what I was going with that is... Now I lost my train of thought. But, like, as somebody being in, in non-traditional sports... Because we were on the same team. And I remember going to... We went to a game in Howard County once. And I remember, um, I think it was Wide Lake... And that would, it was interesting, like, Wide Lake would always be a part of our scrimmages. And Wide Lake would always be a part of our scrimmages because we're going to get our ass beat. And we would go there knowing we were going to get our ass beat. But the, I feel like the way that our coaches pointed it to us was, this is competition. This is real competition. This isn't Rose, this isn't Bowie, who will be our normal competition within our Well, even, even that, I just felt like what I didn't understand that the coaches would do is, you know that these girls are starting in other counties and other parts of the state are starting very young. Why don't you have a clinic for people coming into your school at fifth, sixth, and seventh grade so that the first time they're playing the sport isn't when they, you see them in August? At like ninth grade, that's really late. To so be I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. So if football starts at third, starting a sport, it is what's interesting about that, right? Is football is honestly a sport you could fucking start in high school. If we really, if we really should you honestly not you can the the contact of it. <laughs> you should start later in high school. Like a lot, like football is a very dangerous sport. And as somebody who coaches youth, I don't think people realize how detrimental bad coaching is. Mm-hmm. And I granted, I do give a lot of people ignorance because you don't know what good coaching is until you experience it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these youths, what they're getting is a disservice. And I think a lot of people, what they see is what you see on TV, and you see these professionals getting yelled at and doing all this stuff. And it's like you are yelling at an eight-year-old. You're, you're yelling at somebody who can't do, you can't even do what you're asking on any level, and you're getting mad at a 12-year-old. 
And I, and I feel like there's not enough youth development truly in athletics that gets done. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right, is when you're training and you're coaching and you're teaching youth, you need to be introducing them to the sport fundamentals and just kind of overall health and wellness, like actual skill techniques. Like I'll be honest, like I used to work out with this trainer who also did like basketball training on the side. Like, so we'd be in the gym and he's got, you know, like uh, Carson said, like there's like seven, eight year olds in here lifting weights. That's fucking ridiculous. Seven and eight year olds lifting weights. Yes. They don't even know their time stable. And then uh, what bothers me is like, they can't really do. And I saw this. And I, I'm no way, anyways, trying to say I'm a fitness professional. I mean, I do do this shit. <laughs> yeah. But, like. <laughs> this bitch be working out on vacation. I do. But what bothered me is, like, John John can't do a push-up. But you got him lifting weights. That's dead. Like, he's gonna, he's never going to really get that good fundamental kind of stuff. As I And, like, technique and fundamentals. Like, I remember back when I was a lot younger, when I was, you know, really teaching and all this stuff, because I, I coach now and I still teach, but like, I remember somebody was like, you're, you're like a Nazi with that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you need to have this baseline of skills. And I think that I'm fortunate to experience good coaching. Right. And I had parents who believed in like you, when you're able to see quality and understand like, okay, like who wants to be good at 12? I want you to be good for until you're 18, 20. And there are studies that show that people that do really well when they're young and the percentage of them that still do really well when they're a lot older is real. Like, who wants to burn out an eight-year-old? Well, I think what... Thank you. The, the study behind it and the science. Is, <laughs> it was cringe. It was cringe. Okay. <laughs> the study behind it and the science is, is that when you get close to your peak and all that, you can only hold that for a certain amount of time. Like there's very much a plateau. So if you reach your peak at what, 12, 13, 14, 8, you're holding that for a couple years. And but I also out. think that when especially our generation, right? We are essentially the generation of, like, tiger parents. Because there's a... a we're, we're the generation that is a result of people seeing the Serena Williams and the Tiger Woods. It's like, well, you know, if we just start younger, we're going to get some leg up on them. Or, like, LeBron. It's like, oh, well, we just need to... It's like this idea of, like, just start earlier and just push it. And, that's and then... That's the case. And I think that if you really want a well-rounded young Human person being. and individual, you realize that you need a lot more balance. Like I, cause I have somebody, you know, that just started and I think they're essentially trying to be a little more serious, but I'm like, you are nine. You don't need to be practicing five days out the week. Take a day off. That's how you be get hurt. Enjoy, the, enjoy I, the sport. And I think that that's what there is such. Okay, go ahead. And I think the biggest thing in being well-rounded, that was a great point, Carson, is the fact that, like, we need to also have children be supported and defined as well-rounded human beings. Like, not just one thing defines them. Because then you meet all these burnt-out athletes in their 20s who don't know who the fuck they are because all they knew was football, and now football's over. All they knew was basketball, basketball's over. Or, you know, these students, or who, these even students who are really good students in high school, elementary school, go to college, you get a C and have a nervous breakdown because you don't know how to be who you are outside of, like, this is all I know. I'm supposed to be good at school. Like, 
I think you need to understand and be defined and well-rounded outside of that. And maybe part of that comes from the programming and, you know, the funds and exposing different hobbies and being well-rounded and having that kind of support from. Well, I think that what it is is allowing people to have more than one interest. It wasn't wrong, but it was not right. It was very loud. That scared the shit out of me. I, I, I'm proud of myself for not screaming. Okay, so essentially what's going on behind the scenes is it's a few passionate drunk bitches and not enough mics. So we're, we're, we're really playing tag with microphones. But I feel like this episode, we really spitting. Like, this is very intellectual. We haven't even, guys, what we were supposed to talk like, about. And we have not, but it's still good. No, no, no. I will say, I've listened to a podcast episode where I wasn't there, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> I'm kind of happy for the explanation. Go ahead. I mean, now I lost my chain of thought. So, okay. Damn. Because I had, I felt like I was really about to put some knowledge on you <laughs> All right. Uh, what was, okay. We, <laughs> see, that's a thing. The There's sound. that balance. There's a sound that threw me off, but I, all right. So let's, we are kind of been talking for a while. So let's try We're to rounding out an hour. We must be almost there. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, let's get to the point. <laughs> well, not even the point. All right. So essentially I, this big thing was, uh, we've gone a lot of different places. How do I say this? On Netflix, there's a movie called Do Revenge, and I encourage both of my ladies here. All right, look, all right. You know, I'm queen of segues. I'm going to segue this real quick before you get into that. So as youth, you know, we do dumb shit, right? We're high school. We go to different co- um, different schools, you know. We survey. Remember, we used to actually, like, go into other schools. And oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. Know what we were looking for. <laughs> niggas. I was, we were looking for oh, niggas. Oh, right. Because it was like, <laughs> all, right, all right, so we played a fall sport. So it was right around homecoming. So it's like, fuck it. Let's try to go to as many homecomings as we can. Player. So we were looking. And, and then we would just kind of see the lay of the land. Like, I remember certain schools, you could tell what architects did similar schools. Like, oh, this is like this school, yeah. but a little newer. Oh, this is the old version of that such and such school. Yeah. Like, I remember we went to one school. There was nigga on drugs outside of us when we got off the bus. And I was like, I don't feel like this is safe. And y'all let us stay here for four hours. <laughs> so, in our youth and our teen angst, bringing that back around... Carson encouraged us to watch a movie that I feel like was very teen angst in that you can't tell who the villain is because I feel like teenagers, especially Gen Z teenagers, may be a little bit more like detached in that. I don't know. Sometimes it's weird for me because I feel like Gen Z teenagers care about a lot and yet so, they don't care about, they care about world issues more than they care about like person to person interaction. Do you, what generation do you feel like you belong? I feel in? like I'm a zennial. I feel like I'm right on the cusp of Gen Z and millennials. And that I remember a VHS. I've watched a VHS, and I know that when that VHS big old TV stand rolls into your room, you gonna have a good fucking day. But I also grew up with a phone in my hand from high school and beyond. I thought it's a very interesting like. <laughs> All right, I feel that's a very interesting like place to grow up and place to be like that. Basically, the late half of the '90s, the late half of the '90s before you get to 2000, because y'all are crazy. Anything that sounds like a compound sentence, 2000 and y'all are crazy. I, 
I think that unfortunately we were right before like we've seen some good but like honestly a lot of these gen z's it's only been bad like your formative years recession that's the start the the 2008 all of that and then everything else that has happened since then it's it's a i don't know like it's just very good i remember speaking to my mother about it i'm like this shit has been very bad for a very long time and it's most of my life I wonder if people not feel bad, not older people feel bad, but I'm sometimes wondering where's the empathy? Like when you're always talking about, oh, this generation does X, Y, Z. Like, have you have you ever stopped to consider like what this generation has had to go go through? Like, let's say back in the day, let's say 80s or so, you have a bad day, an embarrassing moment. You leave school, you leave town, it's over. It's not a constant replay online. So whereas, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We had bullying worse than you all did when we were growing up. Yeah, but it's not on replay. It's not everywhere. It's not a meme. Like, there's a lot of people whose, like, trauma gets retweeted and replayed for sport. It took several years for for Pornhub and X video to take down people's sexual assault. And they didn't immediately do it. It took lawsuits for them to, hey, that is my rape. Mm. So, yeah, she's very good. It should not be on replay and rewind for others. Or it shouldn't be on, like, a homepage or, or like, and things that have, like, thousands and thousands of views. Okay, but essentially, like, do revenge, right, is, like, I feel like the 22's version take on, like, 90s movies. Like, the 90s movie and that whole idea. Teenage angst. And just, I think what the good part of, and I'm trying not to do spoilers for Do Revenge, but the good. Oh, I I didn't know how deep we're going in. I tried not to, I tried to save the spoiler alert, but the good thing about it and kind of what Chanel was alluding to is with the nineties movie, it kind of had that similar trope of like, there's a clear bad person who does Mm -hmm. this action X, Y, Z, which puts, you know, our protagonist through, a somewhat bad path, but it's only to get the bad guy back. But the yeah. good thing about do revenge is like, there's multiple paths going on simultaneously, yeah. which is then creating multiple bad people. Yeah. Right. So you look at it and it's like, who's the actual protagonist? And then it and also kind of is on the tail end in that whole idea of like the anti-hero where it's like, you're not, completely good but you're not completely bad either but it's like we want to root for you but you're doing shitty shit yeah but it's almost justified well the the question i have when i watch that movie right is like when is it like not because essentially do revenge is like this one person's elaborate plan of like fucking over somebody that they thought ruined their life in elementary school essentially like eighth grade right but basically elementary middle school depending on where you go grammar school whatever it is and it's kind of like is it worth it like if even if you're successful right does that what does that do and i the question i have for you too is like have you ever exacted quote-unquote revenge on somebody and did you feel better for it huh I nothing as elaborate as do revenge, but in college, somebody thought it was a guy to throw my iPhone into the wall. Mm. You see how you felt hurt by that secondhand hurt, and I proceeded to go outside and tear off their windshield wipers, 
and I felt I was justified. And I'm not going to lie to you. I felt real good. At the time, I was living in Norfolk, Virginia, which is very rainy, right? That mm. nigga couldn't go nowhere for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and we had, and there was someone I was dating at the time, so I was just toxic. But we had shared an Amazon account, and watching him have to search for windshield wipers. <laughs> Bro. And that was around the same time that, I, I went over this person's um, place like months after and he still didn't get windshield wipers. Why? I don't know. That's an adult thing. You should have took care of that. But months after, he went to pick me up from somebody else's place in the storm. And I mean like damn near a hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> windshield wiper. Yo. I, when she was talking about the Amazon thing, <laughs> I, I thought she was going to say like, and every time he ordered it, I like canceled the order. That's what oh, I no, thought. No, no, that's no. what I thought you were going to say. He kept it in, in the cart like for a minute. I was like, bro, she's sick. And I don't remember how much windshield wipers were at the time, but like. It's, it's, it's not that, that expensive. expensive. I didn't think so. It was but he maybe. kept it in his cart. And I remember him coming to pick me up from this other nigga's house with no windshield wipers. Yo, that's like a $30 purchase. And a part of me smiled. You are toxic. What's your sign? Virgo is the best sign. It's Virgo season. Woo! I guess my idea of revenge and the biggest thing for me is I have a very short fuse, right? Which we are realizing. But it isn't super long. So I will blow up, you know, over seemingly pretty small shit but afterwards i'm like hmm, be a blessing and be light <laughs> be I, a blessing. <laughs> I i am no no be blessed and be a blessing like after that i'm over it so as far as like me doing revenge and having this long drawn out plan like i'm gonna be you over it that much yeah like i'm a, one thing like i don't harbor that kind of resentment like i'm gonna get the shit out of me when i feel it and then after that i'm you know, light, blessings, peace, peace sign. Love and light. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like the exact opposite. I am definitely like a, I don't, I don't feel like I would go through essentially like what the girl did in do revenge was essentially, hold on, how, what did she do? A befriend the girl that she had issues with and ruined her life or did her best to like ruin her life and her future. I feel like it, her life was already in process of being ruined. Yes. And she and just kind of tagged on, took to a it. knife and like yeah. turned it essentially. Yeah. And I, I'm not somebody, I don't think that I have enough passion to be that, nah. but like a bitch like me could hold a grudge though. Like I, 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 I still, yeah, it's very true. If I like the Carson. It, you fuck you forever. Like, if bitch you is, wonder if I hate you, Period. Like I, I, I felt that one, and I think that there is a big difference in what you were saying, Crystal. Is you kind of immediately react and let it out, and then you're able to do that. And I definitely feel like I'm somebody who's a lot more introspective, and I hold it in. I would compare myself to more like a tea kettle. Like at a certain point, it's gonna boil over. Well, that was the other bitch. <laughs> That's the scary thing. And, I think you're and, off Gemini. You're a June Gemini, though. Right. I think the biggest thing She's is more of a Gemini. I would be more of a Taurus. Maybe. But I, and I joke, but, you know, the people that I'm around that have the longer fuse, those are people that you need to fear. Because then, like, I'm going to get this shit out. You're going to be good. You ain't got to worry about me chopping you up. Like, I, if we get, like, the, but then there's other motherfuckers, you know, they feeding you to the, to the lions. Carol Baskin killed her husband. 
I'm just kidding. But like, you know, there's those long fuse motherfuckers. Those are the people you need to fear because they, they going to plan some shit. Me, I'm a yell. We going to go back and forth after that. I'm good. I'm, it's over with for me. This shit is done. But those other people who hold down the shit from 06. Not 06. Those are the people that you need to be. The people with, it's a scary combination to have somebody with a long fuse and a good memory. Mm. That motherfucker is crazy. That's true. That's true. Am I crazy? <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say I have a good, damn, I don't know. I feel like I I remember some shit. If I felt like you did me dirty, I have not forgotten it. Mm. Well, in general, I do all long argue people because after a while, after arguing, I just don't care anymore. Well, I I think that I am a non-confrontational person. That is something that I think there's pros and cons to both, right? Like, I I, I feel like you don't really get anything done. Like, you're not going to be heard truly in an argument. But unfortunately especially for myself, right? Cause I'm not the loud person. I'm not the one that's going to yell and scream, but if somebody's yelling and screaming at me, what ends up happening is they're able to speak their peace and then move on mm. because it's like, be blessed, be a blessing. <laughs> I am light. I don't hold this anymore. Cause it's off of my chest. I've expressed it. Mm. Granted, it wasn't necessarily expressed properly or received. Right. But they don't hold that weight. But when you're somebody like myself, who just kind of shuts down when some people start yelling, like you kind of just hold on to that. And it's like, Oh, and this motherfuckers did this. And I can't believe it. That is my struggle. But all right. In the movie, right. There's a quote was like narcissists. You could do it in their face and they wouldn't know it because they're too busy focused on themselves. Have you had an experience with a narcissist? And if you had, what was that like? I don't think I've had an experience with a narcissist. And Honestly, if you haven't had one, it's probably you. If you honestly can't remember one instance that you had with a narcissist, someone who really like just gaslit you or something. I don't know, because I feel like there's people who probably were narcissists, but I think that I have a different issue within relationships that wouldn't allow me to really fall within that narcissism trap. Like commitment issues and like I, I would keep it very surface level like I think that you have to kind of drink the narcissist's Kool-Aid for it to be a wheel that spins across like spins around mm. if that makes sense so how do we identify narcissists in a relationship all right I'm about how to pull it up I was gonna say that's a good question but I don't know like it, it it's hard to define because you have to be super sure that it is completely them, right? Because I think we're in a very self-serving society. Always. Right? So also understanding that just because somebody isn't serving you, that doesn't make them a narcissist. That's true. So we have to be able to take our own blinders off. Because when you had that point about, you know, if you can't find the narcissist, it could be you. That's a good point, right? Because we're so busy fixated on ourselves. And why isn't this person fixated? fixated on me the same way i'm fixated on me like i'm the jam i want someone to be obsessed okay so according to the american psychiatric association Mm -hmm. diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders narcissistic personality disorder is defined as a cluster b personality disorder comprising of a persistent pattern of grandiose and fantasy or behavior grandiosity and a need for admiration and a lack of empathy 
So I don't think I have a lack of empathy. If anything, I honestly feel like one of my flaws in relationships or maybe something that gets taken advantage of is that I'm really understanding. Like I actually am like at its core, I'm very understanding. Okay. This happened. This happened to the point where I feel like niggas be thinking like, I think you just tell me anything, but that, Oh, let me tell her the truth. <laughs> Cause she'll be understanding that. And I guess in your understanding, do you feel like the people that you dealt with will feel like, oh, you know, she understands it, she'll accept it, we can move on? I think so. And not that, like, giving you time to, like, process what the fuck. Yeah, because you're like, oh, she's going to get over it. Or, and I think that also understanding that people who are empathetic, like, you could be empathetic and understand, oh, that's how you feel. But also, I don't want to deal with you anymore. But I understand that. And there. And there's a level of peace in that and just kind of going from there. Like I can be a human being and understand that you're going through something this, but I can't, I got to protect myself. I got to put me first. I got to put me first, Lucius. Lucius. Okay. So essentially what it's saying is diagnosable narcissism is far more complex essentially than selflessness and vanity. What it is, is a narcissistic personality or is like a big baby because like a baby, a true narcissist is only concerned with themselves and their needs. So there was an, what I found very interesting, right? There's a movie that's fake, like American psycho. And it talks about like a psychopath. And in the beginning of the movie, he talks about like, he has this very rigid morning routine and self care routine that he does. And in the movie, he applies a mask and he's talking about like, I know that I am not like normal people like this mask. I feel like you can peel this certain layer off and I don't know. It's very interesting. I definitely don't consider myself a narcissist because like, I don't say I care a lot, but I feel like I definitely value other people's opinions. And I feel like to me, I wouldn't put myself before a lot of other people. Like I had a very interesting conversation with a coworker that quit their job one day after work at happy hour. And they were, essentially this guy was asking like, how would you rate yourself? Or we were just having like general conversations about like dating relationships and all that stuff. Right. And he's like, out of 10, what do you rate yourself? And so I'm going to ask you two ladies. Eight. Eight. Why eight? <sighs> yeah, I'm a narcissist. Um, <laughs> for what I'm attractive. I also, I feel like, and this isn't always taken the best way, but I really do want what's best for people. Like I'm not, I've never been a gatekeeper. I've always been someone who's like, Oh, I must send this to you. Like, Oh, this is a resource. I feel like I saw this and I thought of you. So I'm going to send it to you. So I feel like I'm someone who really wants to see the best in people. However, comma as a Virgo and as someone who has a mindset, I often, well, I don't even know Virgo traits. What are alleged Virgo traits? Virgos tend to think that their best is the best. Like Virgos tend to think that their standard of living is the standard of living. <laughs> they tend to think that like their way is best. And, and Virgos are like the worst people at vulnerability. Like you would never know Damn. what's actually going on with a Virgo. Like you ever see like like a can like a Virgo? It's like talking to a Virgo was like taking out the can and it's still the can opener. It's still like right there. Like that, damn, that's like talking to a Virgo. Hey. They have such a, like a curated personality that it's it's quite interesting. Do you, you know feel like that is true for yourself? Yeah, I have a lot of issues with vulnerability. 
Well, yeah, we end up talking about how one time we were outside of a club for like at least 40 minutes just off of Chanel's pride. Like we, we I do have a lot of pride. And, and, and I just couldn't understand like just stroke it like a little, like an ego a little and you bit. you know what's really interesting is that I, in, in our friendship, you would consider me more of like the more coddling to men in general. Like I feel like you would like I, I feel like your opinions make me look like a pick me. I feel like it's on that level. However, comma, I'm not the person who's going to, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not sure. And this is 20, this is like almost a year ago, right? Yeah. Almost yeah. a year ago. Yeah. So essentially y'all what happened is we were outside a club for one of my friend's birthdays and I knew the security guard, the security guard had my number and she, um, Carson wanted me to stroke his ego to get into the club we were going into. And I could not do it. I could not admit that. Okay. I need your help to do this thing. Which is interesting because I accept, I will accept help when it's offered, but I have a very hard issue asking for this help that I need. Not asking a question, but asking someone else to do a favor for me. Which is probably the vulnerability issue. But yes, that is that is um typically around that. But I feel like because I want the best for people so bad, it almost forces me to be a lot of things for someone, especially like in a relationship. Like, I'll do your resume for you. Like, I'll, like, I'll do things. I may not cook for you. That's, like, a next-level top-tier thing. If I cook for you, I really like you. But I'll do, like, other things. What are things. you cooking? I'm a breakfast person. <laughs> so, omelets are, like, my specialty. <laughs> I made pancakes for my last boyfriend, and they were so fucking salty. <laughs> because I was on the YouTube wave, and, like, a pinch of salt and I put way too much salt in them. They were disgusting. And that nigga ate them and I was like, oh, you like me. You <laughs> must really like me. Uh, it was my starving. Mom came in and she was like, this is terrible. Aww. This man was starving. That's so sweet. Okay. All right. Okay. So next person. Crystal? No. Rate yourself out of Who 10. Who is Crystal? It's Crystal. I'm sorry, Crystal. Dress, the- Dress you properly. I appreciate that. Obviously, I'm a narcissist because I'm a 10 in my mind. I don't. I have flaws, but I feel like. That's not narcissism. I, well, yeah, I don't know. Most people that say they're a 10 are narcissists. But that isn't everybody so a not narcissism everybody. is only somebody that is worried about yourself and only look out for yourself i would not consider you a narcissist i mean you are somebody that like you don't need anybody else because you're fully confident in yourself and i definitely admire and respect that but you are a very caring person not i don't think everybody gets that side of you you're not a softie, right? You're you're not like a, a teddy not bear, at not, all. not not at any point. Oscar. But you know, you look out for yours. Like you're you're yeah. a, a somebody that's like, yo, that's my family. Like she's somebody that's very good at checking in with everybody. You know, like she. That's does. true. Crystal sent me a really nice message. Like it was like a month ago. I was like, you're awesome. I wanted you to know that. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. No, yeah, I sent like a similar message to my cousin, but I sent it at like I just happened to be up at like midnight, and like she said, like, are you okay? I was like, oh yeah, I was just. I had this whole thing of like, 
when you think of somebody, like send them a text or like send them a call. Like don't kind of yeah, like, I agree. Don't let time kind of get in between. And like when you think of somebody, just reach out to them. Like it costs nothing. It costs nothing to show a nigga love. Like you know that takes nothing away from me. I mean, I'm a ten, but like it takes nothing away from me to like look out to people and just be good to people because my in my opinion. When you look at all of the commodities in the world and everything, I personally believe that people are the greatest currency in the world. So, I do too. You know, you want to, you know, you want to watch that grow, and you know, you pour into people not necessarily for anything in return, but just because like you put good out there because good needs to be out there, not necessarily to get good back. Type vibe. Damn, I'm mean, guess I'm not a narcissist. I came up really all. Yeah, look at this politician <laughs> out here. Out of all three, she will be the politician. Well, yeah, for sure. But I feel like, okay, because when this person asked, and this was like a guy that I felt like was relatively attractive, but like I don't do that at work, but I just thought it was very interesting to ask. And so my answer, right, was like like a 6.5, 7. And I think that for me, I put that there because like I know all the work that I want to do within myself and what he was we were talking about dating he's like hey like niggas know that and I think that they are able to see those vulnerabilities and where you stand on yourself and he said a lot what he used to do right is if a woman said something he would essentially like wait a few weeks and then try to test her on the boundaries and stuff and if she allowed him to get away with it Mm. you know like he wouldn't take her that serious and so he said the people that really stuck to them were people that stuck to their boundaries. And I was like, niggas are terrible. But I found what he was saying was very insightful. And I kind of made me look at a lot of the interactions that I've said. And I feel like for me, then the spaces and certain things, like I know probably like my fear of commitment, that's what I'm going to call it, whatever it is, probably is something that I know that stems from my personal insecurities and how I view myself. And then I think that also how it relates to other people. I think it's interesting for niggas to say things like that. And I honestly believe that niggas do that. But, like, where do you, where are your boundaries? Do you have any? Like, as a nigga, like, do you have any boundaries? Or does anything fly? Like, what is the marker for you? And I think going along with that point, and it's kind of scary, it's like your boundaries are only the boundaries that people set forth for you. Like, going on your thing, you don't have any bounds or any boundaries, but you stop when somebody puts a boundary in front of you. So what do you have? That's kind of scary to think about. And just kind of that whole idea of like, you're testing me or you're, you're, you're trying to see like what I will relent on or if I am relenting. That's just like a weird kind of power dynamic situation where it's like, I'm telling you this and you're keeping this in the back. We'll, we'll circle back and see if it's still the same. I think niggas really get off on power dynamics. Niggas really. And I think Carson, you said this before. Niggas really get off on the fact that um, like they can make you do something like, oh, she doesn't do this for just everybody. Niggas really get off the fact. Niggas get off on exclusivity. but don't want to give it. Ooh, that's a word. That's the niggas tea. Really that's get the clip. Exclusivity. Like, oh, she's my girl. She does this for me. She does that for me. But oh no no I can't commit like why would I do because, that? Because all right so what be I certain, like, when I gave my answer of like six point five seven he first like well which one is it and like and I was saying like hey I'm I know myself and I know that I feel like I have a lot of things to work on and I know that I'm a, a very much a I feel like I'm very harsh on myself mm-hmm. like I'm a lot harsher than everybody else like I try to 
understand my own insecurities. So what I try to do for a lot of people, especially like people I see doing things, I, I try to really pour into other people. Like I'm very much somebody that's very quick to compliment and try to like do something. I'm like, okay, I thought it like do, trying yeah. to do that. Yeah. And his response to my answer was like, oh, that's very interesting. And I was like, what is, I don't. You know what I also found interesting. But I think that it, I don't want to say this because I'm relatively attractive. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like my response and my emotion, like being like upfront about certain vulnerabilities, I thought was very interesting because I know I've had experiences with guys and men and all that stuff that is like, I don't no, I don't want to say that. Not necessarily vulnerable, but like the more you meet me, the more you realize like, I might not be like, I don't want to say I give dumb, but I've had a lot of interaction with guys. So like when they, I talk to them, they're like, wow, didn't know that you weren't like just a sack of titties yeah do men attractive i was gonna do do people just automatic men not people but do men who they're attracted to just assume that they're automatically smarter than them or like that they're dumb because i find this person attractive they can't be attractive and smart or they can't be smarter than me. Yeah. I don't know. Like that just that thought just popped into my head. But I, I feel like I've definitely in more than one occasion have had a point in which there's like I remember a nigga verbatim said they didn't want to have sex with me anymore. Like hook up because like I was intelligent. intellectual. <laughs> like I could That's hold sick. a conversation and I was like, What? That's really sick. But I you were speaking and didn't mean to I hope you didn't lose your train of thought. I may have lost it. But in general, um, you said something about compliments, how you willingly give compliments to other people. You know what I know? Niggas really don't get complimented like that. They don't. So it's actually an odd concept to them that <sighs> women will just be out and people just give them compliments. But we were kind of talking about, we okay, so we watched an episode of The Wire, right? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how men, the way that they're talking to each other and how that translates to relationships and other things, especially it's the wires about wild. like drug dealers and police officers. And I think of those groups and how they interact with their partners and how it is very inherently yeah. like disrespectful and I violent saw a post like that. And it was like, girl, you want the drug dealer. Do you have any idea what type of mindset he has to be in to be good at that job? So you want the drug dealer. So basically you want this nigga to be hard, kill her out in the streets and then come home to you and be sweet. It's not going to happen. He can't turn it off. He, if he turns it off for one second, that means that's weakness. And now he's no longer good at his job. And drug I, dealers have morals. And I think it's the same thing with police officers. Like they are, they have like the highest domestic violence, like per career and capital in most professions. So like fuck the police. You'll never hear that about the fire department. I, I don't know. They put out fires. Well, I mean, but I think that I did have a conversation with somebody that worked in the fire department, and they were saying that there is something that it was kind of like more of an open-ended question of how people that feel that need to help people, how a lot of them aren't really good partners, right? They're mm -hmm. they're good people, but they do not perform well in like romantic relationships because this particular man is a black man, right? He'd been married several times and he kind of had like a habit of like going into certain broken homes or, mm -hmm. or certain like that. And like, and Captain save a hoe. Yeah. And I felt like that was a very common thing for those type of careers and those That's type of people. But yeah. So like, I think that men one interact they don't get complimented they don't compliment each other enough and then the, when they interact it's very like aggressive 
I know I don't know if you saw the tweet was like there's like the leader of the group, right? And it's like your man's not even a leader or whatever. Ah! Right? <laughs> and I think that, that and I think that that happens a lot more and like they don't say that, right? And I think you get to a certain point that doesn't really fucking matter, right? But there is at a point a hierarchy. And I was phrasing it earlier as like the paradigm of power and how like a lot of people if they can, it, when they, they feel, will. Yes, and when they feel that Thing, and especially I think it happens with other males like mm-hmm. you, like a pulling your dick out contest is the best way to describe it well, like if you ever notice cool. kind of that kind of I don't know if you guys ever watched that show but like Entourage and Cat and How where like there's like a clear like this is the breadwinner we gotta attach ourselves with bro or like you know like they make jokes about like the people who are with like those like in these rapper clicks and like you know that's that's baby like that's big bro like you know we gotta wear the chain we gotta be a part of this you know niggas want bg unit niggas want to be throw up the rock because like you want to associate yourself with these men and be a part of this click it's interesting that that kind of working in that scheme and like understanding that their dynamic because it's not equal like we're not looking eye to eye like you're not the quote unquote leader of the group he's not checking on you he's not asking how your day is but you're striving all of this not necessarily to be him, be in his position. And it's not even adoration. It's almost like an extreme long-term jealousy. Yes. Yeah. Niggas be mad jealous yeah. about the niggas. I went to a cookout. Are like the biggest player haters to their friends. Like it's actually kind of insane. It's like really, niggas dirty mag and do a jokes. whole bunch. Yes. yes. I went to a Labor Day cookout and this nigga walked up to his friend and was like, damn, I can't even keep track of where you be here and there commenting on how much his friend travels. But you could hear in his voice and then he was, he laughed after, you know, to make it okay. Yeah. But you could tell that nigga was serious. No, yeah. Or like, it, you know, you see the jokes about them, like, hating on them. Like, if you're talking to a guy, then another guy comes up and he's like, damn, guy. Or like, you see those jokes where, like, you, the guy starts counting money in front of the women. Or like, when they start, all of a sudden start slap boxing. And it's almost very animalistic in the way that they try to assert their dominance over another to yeah. appear more attractive, like, to a potential mate. Yeah. That's not like some animal kingdom kind of shit, but whatever. But it's just really interesting because, like, y'all aren't good friends. You're not good partners. Are you good children? Are you good sons? Are you good fathers? Like, what relationship do you pledge allegiance it. to? And then another example of that is, like, the way that they hold in the, like their sports teams in such high regard. They don't know these niggas. Yeah, like, y'all, y'all dick riding for LeBron. LeBron don't know you. Not that I'm dick riding, but, like, I just, we were talking about earlier, he must have the nicest NDAs because like, I just, you know, that's the person who would probably break my heart if some shit came out about him. Same. But okay. So what I was saying is you're talking about they, they're not good friends. And so what ends up happening, right? The relationship between the man and the woman will hold a lot more emotional weight because they aren't that with their friends and they don't have those issues. And I know they talk a lot about how women aren't great friends, but it's like, you know, we have issues, but we are at least more honest. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not I don't fuck with her no more. Yeah, you you this nigga and you, you haven't liked him since fifth grade. Why do y'all still hang out? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you but like me and whatever like granted it's a trip to miami this is the make or break tale of a friendship and i get that but i'm just saying like we gotta take it and record and and live the tale but like for these niggas they don't do that and they don't have that well they do but it doesn't end and it doesn't cease right like they pretend as if like it doesn't bother them 
kind of like what you're bringing up before. It's like, oh, we just charge it to the game. Or you're everyone's like used to these toxic relationships. Yeah, and he had all this equipment. Well, no, that was Teddy oh, Riley or something. Teddy Riley, sorry. Yeah. Teddy Riley. So essentially, stupid. we're going to flow this road. But basically, what we're saying is and because men lack accountability and like honesty within their friendships, a lot of the onus goes on to their intimate relationships. And what they do is they take how they interact with their male friends and try to apply that to the intimate relationships where they hold a lot work. more weight and it doesn't work. And. That is my TED talk. Thank you so much for. Li- I I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. I, I, like on, I think men's friendships are Girl, quite we, interesting. It is. It is, and I think this will be a part one. To I, I would yeah. definitely we definitely need to have more than one man come and talk about the rest of this, and that may be the goal for next week. So, we're supposed to go to some event where we'll be around some influential people. So let's. The goal is to market everybody show their titties. No, I guess I don't know. Do you do that? <laughs> do you do that? I don't know. I was like, do you feel like you're a good conversationalist? Oh, I'm a great conversationalist. I, do, do, do other people say that about you? Yeah, girl. I, think, I don't think I've ever been on one date where someone didn't ask me for another one. I think I'm a good. Oh, that's right. Period. Listen, round of applause. Wait, wait, wait. Which one is Either way, I think I'm a great conversationalist. I I definitely I know for one aspect of the reason why I'm a great conversationalist is that I'm able to speak on a myriad of topics at a conversational level and beyond. And I think I just I have a good memory. So I think that that also helps. Like I can if I met you before, like I'll remember you. And like the good thing is, like when you're having a conversation with somebody you want to do a good job of giving them your attention and you know, for a moment, like if you can make somebody feel special for a moment or like memorable, like that's what makes a good conversation. And when in doubt, just let people talk about themselves. I was going to say, you really do have a good memory. I feel like I would consider myself pretty good date, but I also know that I let them do most of like, I'll ask them questions and they talk about themselves and they're like, wow, that, that was amazing. And it's like, you didn't ask me shit about me, but I don't know, but I, I do think that um, I have some, some I, I don't know, I feel like I'm a good date, but yeah, the goal would be to make some conversations. Let's We should do an experiment. I love a good social experiment. So who's going to, all right. So I feel like we should wear something similar and then just change the hair and see what that the different dynamics is. I call straight hair. Oh. I gotta talk to my my hairstylist about that. I was definitely about to do the half up, half down next weekend. It, it was gonna be straight. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, we could do a straight hair experiment, and then I guess maybe find a similar event and then have curly hair. All right, have. we're straightening our hair. Straight hairstyles. All the Who's black we? girls. All the black girls. <laughs> if you're going, let, I feel like for the I feel like this upcoming event that we're gonna do, and I think we should talk about it later on. But like, yeah, let's. Have straighter styles and see what the dynamic is. And then we'll come back to something similar with a natural hair 
and see if there's a difference in who we talk to, what we talk about, how often are we talk to. Okay. I straight my hand up over you. Really? Yes. Are you okay, anti- natural? Are you anti straight hair? I'm not anti, but I think I've gotten used to seeing myself without straight no, hair. No, I hear you. I actually, yeah. it's kind of hard for me to envision myself with um like straight hair at this age. I don't and, do it often. And, and then the last time that I straightened my hair, what I didn't like wasn't seeing myself, but I don't like the fragility. I mean, I'm natural, so I don't like the fragility of having your straight hair. I don't like that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to mess up my hair or like, I don't like I that. I got a duck yeah, outside. I, yeah, I don't like that feeling. I feel you. I feel like I haven't had like super pressed straight hair longer. You haven't. It's been a year. It's been several years. You don't think you get the same thing when you get weave? You've had weave in the past like but year. Been three years. Yeah, but I mean, that's like out. a little bit. Right. But I'm talking about like. But it's still seeing yourself with straight hair. I guess. Well, it's still been like at least or at minimum a year and some change, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But still, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I okay, so I was talking about like my person, like I've had weave, but I'm talking about like my ha- own straight hair. I haven't, I haven't no, I that. haven't seen your own straight hair pressed out in a while, like a long time. Because well, I, you know, I come here do a whole bunch of stuff to it. So maybe we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I, I was thinking of getting some straight. Maybe put some clippings in. I don't know. Okay. Or. But I don't know, cause niggas don't want to pay me, so we might just have my hair in some sort of something. <laughs> but you didn't get the tickets yet, so I didn't get the tickets yet, and you didn't either. We'll see. Yeah, so I didn't even know that you had them. I said it. Yeah, but there were a bunch of different tickets. I thought you just meant the free ones. No, I said I bought the ticket. I responded to her message like, "Yeah, I got it." Nobody said anything, so I was like, "Okay, I guess you know." We shall see. Yeah. All right. Well, this will be fun. Well, it's yeah. going to be a weekend. We're going to have Grandma's Night Out Part 3 because I'm trying to do more than one day, even though I work most of that week. I'm going to be off early on Thursday. Even though I work like Saturday all day. That's the event is. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be fun. All right. Shake a tail feather. But all right. This is it. Thank you so much for listening to. I don't even know. What, what do we want to call this? I we'll guess, figure it out. Yeah. Well, thanks. Bye. Period. Last words from everybody? You go first. That was all my last words. (laughs) We out, world. Be blessed and be a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) Be blessed. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.